welcome back to Kidmin Talk. This is your host, Carl Bastian, a.k.a. The Kidologist. Today's sponsor is Kidology's Facebook page and Twitter account. Hey, if you're on Facebook and you have not liked our Facebook page, you have no idea what you're missing out on. Exclusive deals, sneak peeks, and great conversation. And if you're on Twitter and you have not followed us, what are you waiting for? In fact, while you're at it, you might as well follow my personal Twitter account as well. It's at Kidologist. Today's podcast is going to be all about social media. You know, recently I got a chance to sit down with Brandon Maddox, a young man who knows a lot about social media. I mean, what young person today doesn't? Brandon helps Kidology out with its social media accounts, and he's got a lot of experience in podcasts too. In fact, maybe you've had a chance to listen to some of his podcasts as well. Well, we're going to be talking about social media, Facebook and Twitter, and even some other uh, apps and networks, and what to do and, and what not to do. But more importantly, we're going to talk about how they can be applied to ministry. So get your iPhone or your Android or whatever you use, your iPads, and first of all, like the Kidology Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and then get ready to talk Kidman. All right, Brandon, thanks for taking a moment to sit down with me and let's uh, let's talk social media. How you doing? Doing great. Excited uh, to be here. All right, well, we're uh, here at the Northwest Ministry Conference, which, by the way, is ministryconference.org. What a great URL they've got. Yeah, they scored. And uh, we've had a great time, man. We're hanging out. Rod Biagi's here and uh, Jana Alira. And uh, I hate to start rattling off names because whoever I don't mention is going to be mad. <laughs> That's just who's at the right and left of us in, in the exhibit hall. A whole bunch of folks. It's a great conference. Good to connect with people. Good to be in person with you. Usually we're doing emails and talking on the phone and stuff like that. And in fact, can, social media is a way we connect quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, cool. And you're you're good at this. You help us out on Kidology a lot with uh, the Facebook and with Twitter and everything. It's a way I connect with a lot of folks. So I thought it'd be a great topic for us to uh, talk about here on Kidman Talk. So uh, it's been great. In fact, uh, I got to connect with one of our Kidman Talk uh, listeners. Her name was Amber. And uh, she came up to the booth, said how much she loves the podcast. In fact, we recorded a little video of her talking about it. And I'll probably put that up on my YouTube channel, and I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to Facebook it. Before we kind of dive into the outline here that I've kind of put together from a workshop I did at CPC, and our goal here really is just to talk about maybe Facebook a little bit, a little more about Twitter, maybe tell you guys about some new cool apps that are out. Uh, We both got iPhones, so sorry for you Android people. We may lean more toward uh, iPhone application, although most of these things are available on the Google and the Android uh, phones as well. What do you like the most about social media? I mean, you're you're a younger guy. You're more cutting edge than us, us old people who are dabbling in this <laughs> stuff. That's why I want to do this with you because I'm learning a lot from you. But, you know, why do you love social media? Why do you think this is a good thing for people to be doing? I love it because I get to... I love it because geography no longer defines our relationships. And I, I so I think it's I think it's fun that I can... I can get connected with children's pastors across the country and and build deep friendships with them where we're able to encourage each other and build each other up and and then when we finally do meet each other we we feel like we've known each other for a long time because we have and we've had a real relationship and so I think I think that it kind of removes geography as a as restricting 
Yeah, like take Ron Brooks, for example. Now, he's a guy you've gotten to know through social media, right? Yeah. He's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's a guy that I met through social media. And we finally actually hooked up through social media. One time I was traveling across the country. Uh, We were interacting through social media. We ended up hooking up at uh, Chili's. Uh, Got to meet for the first time. Enjoyed some chips and salsa and uh, a meal together. And uh, now we've met several times at, at different conferences, the Children's Pastors Conference and the INCM's uh, CM Leaders Conference. I think you were saying you haven't met him yet. No. But you no. feel like you know him. Yeah, I I love Ron Brooks. We've we've chatted on Twitter a lot and sent emails back and forth and asked for each other's input on different things on via email. And, so, and, and on Facebook, there was one time where I think he sent me a tweet I sent him an email, and he sent me a Facebook message or something, and we were communicating, like, three different ways, and it was funny. And now, I you think, just connected with somebody here at the Northwest Ministry Conference in person for the first time, right? Yeah, Trevor Lee, he's a, yeah. he's a big Twitter Twitter user for Kidman, but uh, connected with him on Twitter, doing a, a thing called Kidman Chat that we used to do on Twitter. Met him, connected with him, chatted with him a lot on Twitter, and met him for the first time today, which was cool, and feel like I've known him for a long time because I've known him for a year now Yeah, and been able to chat. Well, I love what you said about uh, relationships are not bound by geography. So we want to dive into this a little bit on the podcast today. Now, I want to start out by saying, you know, these are our opinions. You know, there's a lot of experts out there in, in social media. You'll read about them. You know, people actually sell ebooks about social media and this is the way you should do it. But social media by nature is undefined. I mean, it's unfolding, it's evolving, it's constantly changing. And, you know, I like to say it is what you make it. There are trends, you know, there are themes, but, you know, it's what you make it. And that that's what's so great about it. You know, you yeah. can decide just to be a Facebook junkie. You can decide just to be Twitter. You can try to do both. You can try to integrate them. Um, there's some other cool apps out there that you can there's entirely different networks, you know, there's LinkedIn or whatever. There's Google Plus, of course, or you can try to use an app that integrates them all, so you post to one. I mean, you can really decide what you want to do and what you want to make of it or what your purpose is going to be, and so that's why. But I think one of the questions you, you have to answer right off the beginning and that some people may have is, you know, why do it? That's why I started by asking you that. And the, one of the ways I've answered is it because I've been asked that. I put a lot of time into it. You know, I spend a lot of time on my phone doing this and some on my computer. I tend to do it only from the phone. When I'm at my computer, I got work to do. So I've, I've tended to limit my social media to my iPhone when I'm in idle moments and things like that. And we'll talk about boundaries um, toward the end of the podcast. But I like to say social media gives me a way to amplify the message that God has given me to share. You know, I've got a, a life mission. I've had a life mission statement since I was 19 years old, and you know that is to reach and teach as many people as possible with the good news of God's love, and in the process to enlist, equip, and encourage others to do the same. So that that's why Carl Bastian exists. That's why I'm on the the earth. You know, until the day I die, I'll be about that life mission. And so social media gives me another outlet to do that. And like you said, it's not geography based. So instead of just doing that, you know, at the church that I'm at, or doing that at a conference that I'm at. Or even just doing that through Kidology, I now have another means of doing that through Twitter or through Facebook. I get to amplify that message. God's given me a message and a passion. Another, um, and you touched on that, is I get to deepen my community with real world family and friends that I don't get to see every day. You know, one of the reasons I love the Children's Pastors Conference, I, I was just celebrating recently my 42nd CPC in a row. 
And one of the reasons I, I love CPC so much is I get to see people like we're doing here at Northwest Ministry Conference. It's only my second in a row of this conference. But um, is is you get to see all these people. that you know? And I would go to CPC, and it would be like reunion from the last year at CPC. Yeah. And then, but in the last few years with social media, I'm in touch with these people all year round. I mean, I got I have friends that every time I'm at Red Robin, I tag them that I'm at Red Robin and I send them a picture of my bonsai burger, you know, just to rub it <laughs> in that I'm at Red Robin. And when they're at Red Robin, they send me a picture of their bonsai burger. And so we have these running jokes all year long. And so the friendship, while Red Robin doesn't sound very deep or spiritual, it does deepen the friendship that you're that you're sharing those common interests. And you know, it opens a door for virtual friendships to become real world friendships. You know, yeah. just like you with Trevor, you know, and with Ron Brooks, you know, that I've transitioned from him being Ron Brooks 77, <laughs> you know, on Twitter. There, I gave out his, his handle, so maybe he'll pick up some followers. You know, it's a, he's, he's a real physical friend now, you know, I've actually, I know him, I've met him. You'll soon have that experience, too, and yeah. you'll find out he's he's a real guy and he's a great guy. And so it, it's, fun to, it's fun to do that, and, and there's a lot of other benefits. I mean, obviously, finding helpful information, there's a lot of, you know, just fun entertainment, just growing an awareness of things. Well, let's just talk briefly. Uh, I used to go through kind of what is Facebook and how does Facebook work, but I feel like, man, if you don't know what Facebook is by now, um, just need to, you know, go check it out. You can go to Facebook.com slash you know, <laughs> Carl.Bastion. That's my Facebook yeah. page, and you can check it out. Most people have a Facebook account. I mean, it's growing like crazy. I'd, I'd assume if you're listening to a podcast, you'd know. Yeah, I mean, what, one great post about Facebook right now is on ToddMcGeever.com. Uh, just go down a couple of posts. I'll link it in the show notes. But Todd McGeever, he's a great children's pastor. He's one of our Kidology coaches. He's on our board of directors of Kidology. Uh, he just did a great blog post on Facebook. You know, he mentions, you know, 250 million photos are being uploaded uh, per day talks about the 90 million plus users they have. I think you just Googled and found out they they just grew another 1%. Was it, what was the time period for that growth? In the last six months, they've gained another million users in the United States. Wow. And then that's, that's just in the United States. Now, they're growing more and rapidly in other countries, yeah, right? In, uh, they've gained 3 million in Brazil, over two, almost 3 million. Million or percent? Three million users okay. in Brazil, which is like twelve percent. Twelve percent. Almost three million in India, which is like eight percent. And so, for so kind of, uh, Glenn Woods asked on our site about whether or not Facebook was dying, and so I'd say, it's probably not dying. I don't either. think it's dying. Now he mentions, you know, how they how they tick people off with these privacy changes and stuff, and it's true. They they are they are so good at making. It seems like every improvement they make is not an improvement, but. I tend to think that people get mad, they leave, it's temporary. If I can make a prediction, and I can say this because Glenn's a good friend of mine, I think he'll be back. Now, now he won't be back because I said that because he'll want to prove me wrong. Uh, but I'm just, te- <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Glenn, because I know you're listening. But, um, but I think that's, in general, what happens. Now, what Glenn does is between you know Glenn and Jesus and, and Zuckerberg. But, um, <laughs> the, but in general, people get mad at Facebook. Yeah. They leave and they come back, and I think unfortunately Facebook knows that. Yeah. You know, it's like Instagram just made some terrible decisions about boldly saying, "Hey, we can use your photos. We don't need your permission. We're going to use them in marketing." And so you might show up, you know, on an ad if you use Instagram. And so people threaten to leave by the millions. Nobody left. They left for two weeks and they're all back. 
So I actually just started using Instagram like a week and a half ago again. Yeah. And I, so you left. So you I were one of the mad people. That I didn't left. leave it for that. I left it when they released Instagram to Android. I was like, oh, they're gonna let Android users on Instagram. Okay. And so I left, but but you're but realized. that's a perfect example. People get mad, they leave, yeah. and they come back because they go, you know what? This it's, is our world. I mean, it's I, where the users are, and so you have to like. Yeah. It's boring to be in the Yeah, and I, I hate a lot. I mean, you do need to go into your Facebook. You do need to check your privacy. The defaults are always the bad settings. So you do need to go in there and, and change settings to what you like. But yeah. the world is, there is no privacy in this world. I mean, Google's already got a picture of your house, you know, picture of your bedroom probably, and what's in the top drawer. Your underwear drawer is probably already, you know, indexed somewhere, and what color underwear you wear. I mean, th that's the world we live in. I mean, there, there's very little privacy unless you want to live in a cave in a mountain. So, Glenn, to answer to your question, uh, yes, Facebook's annoying. Uh, Google Plus does stink. You're right uh, to not be on that network. That's my opinion. And I'll probably get some comments in the forum hey, uh, for I saying that. I like Google Plus. I wish Google Plus would take off. Yeah, I like the Google Hangout. That's about the only yeah. good thing about it. <laughs> I think Google Circles is better than Facebook Friends. I think. I, the Google Circles, it's all a great concept, but I go into Google Plus. Plus, and it's maybe because I'm an old man and you're a young guy, I can't figure it out. I go in there, I want to like it, and I open up the app, I go to the website, and I'm like, where do I post anything? I can't figure this dumb thing out. So for all Facebook's flaws, it's stinking easy, which is why Grandma yeah. and my aunt, sorry, Aunt Barbara, well, she's not listening, but, you know, that's why all the old people, I didn't mean that at you, Aunt, that's why they all use it, because it's easy. Yeah. You go into Google+, and I'm sitting there going, where do I read? Where do I post? So... They need to work on the interface and make it, make it, yeah. make it Facebook. They need to make it, you know, Carl proof and Aunt Barbara proof and Grandma proof, so that everybody can use it. And, and I'm in big trouble if my aunt ever listens to this podcast because, you know, I, I think I just dug myself a grave. You know, since we're talking about the forum here, you know, Stan asked a question. It's a little more of a spiritual question than a technical question. Kathy agreed with his question, though. He he said, you know, one of the problems with social media, Facebook and Twitter, he says, is it becomes a platform for gossip. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a way that we can control that and, and disciple members of the church to not abuse it, you know, and as a as a tool for Christ and, and not a tool for, uh, oh, I got a prayer request. That's a tough one. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of it has been like, at least for me, for trying to figure out how, even just how to use Facebook over, over the last couple of years and like figure out this like social media etiquette, which... There is, and I don't think we're like I think everyone's still kind of learning, as as we as we get more and more used to being on social media. Is a lot of times I feel like the the gossip happens in the comments, and based off this, like someone will post a status about something, and then comments will get going, and you'll and yeah, and you'll and people start bringing something up or challenge you and say, oh, well, you know, you remember the time this happened, or so like challenge you or challenge other comments and stuff and so I think like the thing I've 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 started doing is feeling very free to just delete comments and you know that's messages. a great point I um I delete more than most people do yeah and I've just you know I made a decision a while back it's my wall yeah that's if yeah. you hurt my feelings I'm gonna delete it yeah and I'm not necessarily gonna tell you now if it's really offensive I, I might send a message to say hey I just want you to know I deleted your comment and I don't want you to be mad or hurt your feelings, but I just didn't feel that was appropriate. In other words, you know, I got over a thousand friends. They're not never necessarily friends or Facebook friends, but you know, they're Kidology customers. 
Some don't know me, you know, personally, you know, but I, I enjoy networking there. But if you're going to come on there and be really obnoxious or whatever, I, I'm under no obligation to leave an insult on my wall for a thousand people to read. Yeah. Now, there's some things, and I have close friends who are like relatives, that if we were at Thanksgiving together, there's there's jabbing and insults and things that would could be said in a family gathering, you know, because I've got my vulnerabilities, I've got my idiosyncrasies, I have my flaws that family can pick on. Yeah. That if that if they said that to me in the context of my home, in a safe environment, I'd laugh at the joke. You know, I still might hurt my feelings, but hey, it's you know that's me. They they know my my quirks, and they're gonna pick on them, and I might dish it back just as well. And I might end up hurting their feelings, but that that's family. Right or wrong, that's family. But if we were at a children's pastors conference and there were a thousand people there, would I want them to get up on the stage in front of a thousand people who really only know me as like a professional writer or author curriculum person or kidologist or whatever? Would I want them to say that same thing on, on a stage in front of a thousand people? Yeah. I, I'd be embarrassed. You know, I you know right right or wrong. Maybe I should have more humility. But I'm like, no, I don't have to let them get on the stage and say it in front of a thousand people. Would they want me to get up on the stage in front of a thousand people and and insult them? And so I go, no, I, I don't have to do that. I can delete that. You know, and so I think it's fine. And and so and so to for me to retort back to that comment, you know, in the flesh and jab them back in front of a. And then I'm like standing in front of a stage at the children's pastors conference, having a little insult fight in front of a thousand spectators. It's like, no, at the dinner table, that may be fine, but I don't need to do that on a Facebook wall. And so I, I just don't get into that. And a few times I've gone back and forth with someone in fun, and then I've actually deleted the whole thing and email. hey, I, I enjoyed the conversation, but I just deleted it because I felt like it was, you know, derailing, or I didn't want yeah. anyone else to read that and get the wrong idea that, that we were fighting. Yeah, because in some days we were fighting, <laughs> but or I I was afraid they might think so. I I actually will email say hey, I I'm cool. I didn't mind what you said. I hope you didn't mind what I said. But I just you know it was fun. But I just went ahead and deleted it. You know because some days it does get carried away. Yeah. So I think so. I think that's like a a good answer for or a a good. I'm sure there's other good op- answers to that question too. But it's like take control of your wall. You can't control everyone else's walls, just like you can't control everyone else's Well, and by the way, folks, you can set in your settings on Facebook that anything posted to your wall, you have to approve. And I do that because there's people that want to tag me in pictures that I'm not even in because they tag me because they want me to see it. So it's a pretty picture of a butterfly, and they want to make sure I see it. Or it's a picture of some ancient relative in the Bastion clan that, that moves them to tears, and they just want me to see it. So they tag Carl in it to make it on my wall. I don't want that on my I wall. I... I don't want Uncle Harry on my wall. So, I, I, but I get notified. I go look at it. I go, oh, there's Uncle Harry. That's a nice butterfly. That's a nice, cute saying, or it's a picture of Obama. You know, some political thing that I personally may laugh at. But I don't want it on my wall. Someone else is going to go. That's not respectful of the president. That shouldn't. You shouldn't have bad political humor on your wall, I'm never buying anything from Kidology ever again, you know. So <laughs> I don't want that stuff on my wall, you know. Yeah. So I'll I'll hit not approved, you know, and I may even go to the picture and untag myself. So you can control that, which is which is pretty cool. But another big one is only accept fr- friends 
or don't accept friends without knowing why because there's a lot of fake accounts out there but you can end up with really unsavory stuff maybe not appearing on your wall but in your feed so if it ends up being a porn channel or something like that you're going through your feed and all of a sudden bing you're like whoa where'd that come from well it's because you followed you friended this this um, bad channel and uh, and they're out there actively trying to trick you and um, so obviously a really racy looking person you're not going to follow but they'll do a family friendly picture and they're very tricky um, so they'll try to deceive you into friending so um, so watch, watch that and uh, another thing to not do people do it, it's a pet peeve of mine is to automatically make their tweets become their status I would distinguish tweets from Facebook and there's a thing called selective Twitter status and you can look you can just google that figure out how to do it it's an app on Facebook and what it does is basically you use the hashtag FB it's just you know the number sign FB and you do that in Twitter and your tweet will become your status so if you yes. want to make a tweet appear on Facebook you just add that pound FB and that tweet will appear on your Facebook and it will take that FB away. And for, for like brands, studies have been done that say like six to eight posts is what can like help increase followers most significantly. But one to two Facebook posts is what after once you, I think it's once you hit three, you start decreasing, you'll start losing fans okay. or on, on Facebook. And so I think along that line, that's a great example of why you wouldn't want your Twitter yeah, posts. People, people unfriend you because... You, you start cluttering their news feed. Yeah, and I don't want to see everything about one person. I want to get an overview of what's happening with my friends. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Just, we talked about Facebook do's and don'ts with tweet. You know, I just basically say, you know, tweet unto others as you'd like them tweet unto you. You know, that, <laughs> that's kind of my rule, you know. It's not so much of getting as it is about giving. And, you know, and there's lots of tools. I mean, there's the Twitter apps. Anything that Twitter does, it usually stinks. There's a lot of great apps out there. My favorite on the iPhone is called Tweetbot. Uh, I love that. What do you use? If you search up unfollow apps, that's really useful if you want to actually gain a significant amount of followers because originally I thought, oh, wow, unfollowing and then following was like a, a game that I sh you shouldn't play, but that's the game everyone who's, try who's gaining followers fast is playing, and so that's kind of the game you have to play is is follow a bunch of people and then unfollow the people who don't follow you back and then follow a bunch more people and unfollow the ones who don't follow you back. And so I'd, I'd say, like, unfollow apps is, like, the biggest. And Instagram. I just, like I said before, just went back to Instagram yeah. and I'm, I already have, like, 27 What app photos. do you use to actually tweet with? I just use the Twitter app. Okay. I, I've, I bounce between, like, Buffer. I use Buffer for a while. Buffer is great. Oh, I love Buffer. It's great. I just didn't want to pay for it, so I yeah. stopped using it. But Well, it's free, isn't it? Are you like seven or ten things? Yeah, I, I don't pay for it either. But Buffer, by the way, folks, what, what Buffer is, it's an app, but it also has applets. An applet, what that means is basically a bookmark, and there's an extension in Firefox. Or So if you're on a web page, you can literally just hit the little button in your browser, and it, and it creates a tweet. Um, with a short URL, so you can basically just tweet what you're reading. Buffering, it means it just schedules the tweet out of ways, and it picks the time in a day and just throws them out there, so you don't have to schedule them um, yourself, which there's other ways to do that, I'll tell you in a second. But on the computer, I love Hootsuite. Hootsuite, Hootsuite is Hootsuite amazing. Is um, and so it lets you actually schedule them where you pick the date and time, and, and unlimited, so you can, and it's free, 
if you pay for it, which I do because I have lots of Twitter accounts, and we have a whole team in Kidology, and you can have teams and different users, and that's when you're a gung-ho, serious person. And I'm running a company, but for an individual, um, you don't have to pay for that. But there's, you know, there's futuretweets.com where you can schedule stuff out in the future that way. Lots of ways to gain followers. That could be a whole podcast. Um, I don't really play all the follow-and-follower game, but uh, it's just been growing steadily. And I just search the Kidman hashtag and follow people who use the Kidman hashtag. That's pretty much my strategy. So about once a week, I just search Kidman, and every, anyone that shows up that I'm not following, I follow them. And I don't pretty much unfollow anybody, you know, because I'm pretty much, I want to follow them whether they follow me or not. So I'm a little untraditional that way, and uh, but my list keeps growing, so I'm, I'm pretty content, you know. So, but I'm up to, I don't know, 3,000 followers or something like that, so I think I'm doing, I think I'm doing okay. But, but in general, you know, reply to others, talk to them. If people aren't following me, I'll usually just talk to them, because usually if you reply to someone, just anything they're saying, they'll go, oh, this guy talks to me, he's relational, you know, I'll get yeah. a follow, sometimes I'll flat out ask him to follow me, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, but don't buy followers, if you see someone who follows you and they've got zero people they're following, they're a spammer, so stay away from them, um, lists is another whole thing you can get into, and I don't think we'll take time to talk about that, but you can organize people into lists, Tweetbot does that really nicely, so if you just want to have a list of Kidmen, or I have a list of people in Colorado, um, I have a list of funny people, um, and you know, there's all kinds of things you, you can do with that. But you know, there's just a tons of things here. Tiny URL is a great site for uh, short UR, URLs, but there's tons of things now that automatically yeah. shorten URLs. In fact, Twitter, I think it, I think does it automatically. But you know, let's talk a little bit about ministry application. I think that's what people want to know. How does this work? with um, ministry. Number one, I'd say you need to go where people are. People are on their computers and they're on their cell phones. So yeah. a big part of this is just being where people are. You know, when you're when you're on Facebook, you're seeing people's needs. And you know, we used to do a lot of home visitation, which I'm still big on. I've talked about that on the podcast before. But when you're on people's Facebook walls, you know, when you're seeing their needs and uh, ministry is about meeting needs and social networking reveals needs you otherwise would never learn about. So yeah. you can find out when people are unemployed. You can find out when kids are sick. You can find out when somebody's car broke down. And then you can follow up by meeting those needs or letting them know you're praying about them and commenting. So there's you can do ministry on, on social networking. It gives you a glimpse into the real lives and thoughts and interests and attitudes of those you're trying to reach and minister to. And one of the things that you, know, you hear all of this postmodern stuff, and um, that's a, like a buzzword now. And I, for a long time, I didn't really get the whole postmodern ministry. But in a nutshell, from what I understand about it, and I'm not an expert on it, um, Glenn Woods, by the way, is, is a guy that really gets the whole postmodern thing. He's done some writing and speaking on it. But in a nutshell, post, the postmodern mentality is very relational. You know, we used to be very uh, programmatic in the church. You know, if we wanted to reach the world, we'd form programs. And so we, you know, we, we had Awana, and we had Sunday school, and we had kids' church, and then we have upwards basketball. And I'm not knocking any of those. Programs are fantastic, and programs do a lot of good. But in, in this postmodern world, come to the church and come to our program isn't reaching the postmodern world. Yeah, it's, it's not attractive it, to... Yeah, it, this, uh, the attractive... What is the, uh, what's the word? Attractional ministry yeah. is not working. 
people want to experience relationship before they'll even listen to the gospel. And social media is relational. So you're, you know, I, I've, I've had opportunities to, to interact with atheists on social media and actually witness to them. And there's a blog post on my blog called Witnessing to an Atheist Through Twitter. You, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, you, can, you can actually, it, so, so there's a ministry application there because you're showing you care about people. You know, yeah. there, there was a great thing that I observed on Twitter where a woman got um, shared just on Twitter that she was um, kicked out of her house, lost her job, was on the street with her daughter, and had no food. And within hours, a church was there with food, with people. She had housing and had a job, all because she tweeted that. Tweeted it. You know, That's and awesome. a church responded. There's a... I wish it could happen every time. Yeah. But it was a phenomenal story. I heard. I've there's a organization that I that I really like, but they have a thing called Hope Mob, and it's hashtag Hope Mob, and they'll they'll tweet out like the, or they I think they send an e newsletter out or something once a week or something. They'll say let's Hope Mob this person. Oh, cool! And, and so they'll it'll be a tweet or something that someone puts that's like kind of depressing or something, and so then then everyone will respond to that with hashtag Hope Mob. And it just it becomes viral of people responding in with encouraging notes and uplifting things and comments about how they're praying for them and caring for you. It's I, I've only done it a couple of times, but it was just like wow, this is the potential for the viralness of of virality. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> word. the viralness of uh, of social media to become used for for ministry like that and like bring hope to somebody who's discouraged. It's, yeah. It's great. Yeah, so I mean, if you have a Facebook account, you know, friend those you're trying to reach and minister to. You know, visit their walls, comment on their walls, comment on their pics, you know, put them in groups accordingly so you 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 know, you can have your own private groups. You know, you can set up private groups, you can send out invitations, you can do announcements. Um, you know, a lot of children's ministries now aren't even doing a children's ministry website. They're doing a Facebook group. Yeah, I think even for like communicating with volunteers, or social media has made it like for for at least our children's ministry we've had to become so much more adaptive to how how each individual communicates because there's people in our children's ministry who have an email but they won't check it if they get mail they won't they won't actually like do anything about it but if you facebook message them then you'll get a response yeah. or but then there's other people the only way you'll get a response is if you text them and so i th- i feel like because there's so many different ways. You almost have to put in what's your preferred means of communication. <laughs> yeah, that, on the, that would on be the a application. great application question. You know, one, one thing to do, yeah, that, that's a great application. Another thing you can do is at events, you can take pictures. Yeah. So say you're a high school kid, you're at my event, I can, and you're, you know, say you're getting slimed or, you know, you're been a big snowball fight. I can take that picture of you, put it on my Facebook wall, but if I tag you having a great time at church, it's going to appear on your wall. Yeah. So all your friends are going to see you at church having a great time. So your 600 you know, friends, 400 of which are not Christians, now see in their feed Brandon having a great time at church. You might not go home and post on your wall that you had a great time at church, but I as the pastor just invited 400 friends to church. I can even post a flyer. The thing I was talking about, spamming Uncle Harry. <laughs> well, I can do that. I can make an invitation 
you know, to a church overnighter, tag every kid in the youth group, yeah. and it could appear on their wall if they haven't done that thing I said you should do of approve the picture. The kids might approve it. And then, boom, that flyer appears on 60 Facebook walls inviting kids to come to the youth group overnighter. So you yeah. can use Facebook for marketing. I mean, I, I just posted in the Kidology Facebook um, page. Uh, in fact, let me see what the count's up to now. But on the, on the Kidology Facebook page, I posted a picture of our next magazine ad that's going to be in uh, K Magazine uh, about the Kidology garage sale. And I thought, you know, just for fun, I'm going to post it in the Kidology Facebook page. It's not even done. It's got a couple revisions to go. And I thought, well, you know, I'll put it in there as a, as a sneak peek and, uh, and see, how, see how it looks. And it's already got, here it is, it says 855 people have already seen it. So it's not even in the magazine yet. And almost, you know, a thousand people have, have seen the magazine ad. Yeah. So, and, you know, how many uh, people do we have? We have 4,000 uh, friends on our Facebook page. I wish that was higher, but so you guys go go like our Kidology page. But, you know, that, there's 855 people that have seen that ad, you know, for our garage sale because I put it there. You know, so it's not even in the magazine yet. So a lot, lot of potential to do that. So lots of ways you could do that, posting pictures, uh, tweeting things. Um, you can actually use Twitter for free text messaging to your volunteers. If you, if you ask your volunteers to sign up for a Twitter account, they don't even have to use Twitter. But if they'll sign up for a Twitter account with their email and then log in one time, you can even do it for them, have them um, click mobile notifications then all you have to do is send a do a tweet about don't forget our volunteer meeting Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. They'll yeah. let you get a text message. And that's how you can do mass texting. Or or um, Google Voice. If, you've, if you go to google.com slash voice, and ha as long as you have a Google account, you can get a free phone number, and you can send F SMS text messages through Google Voice to anyone. A lot of, a lot of teenagers use that for <laughs> prank prank texts and stuff. Oh, wow. But I, in mass, can you send out... You can't send it in mass, but if, if, you, if you have 10 volunteers you need to communicate, you can... And, and don't have unlimited texting or something, if that's, if that's the limitation for okay. you, you can still... All right. If, if you have 125 volunteers... Yeah, but this Twitter, like that, that's a way that you can send yeah. one tweet and have it be a text message that goes out to all your volunteers. Yeah. For free. So it's pretty wild. So um, lots of applications. Well, as we wrap it up, uh, what are some cool Twitter apps that people may not have heard of that they could download? Twitter apps? Um, I'd say for analytics, if you like analyzing Twitter um, and trying to figure it out, one of the best things I found, which is free, which is why I think it's the best thing, is called Social Bro. And it, it lets you see so much. It like All right, that's cool. That's enough. I just want to move fast. Yeah. So Social Pro, uh, what was the one you were showing me with the quick videos? Oh, that, uh, that was another app. Um, or that's, that's kind of relates to Twitter, but is also kind of separate as a social network. It's called Vine. All right. And that does it's six minute videos. Six second. Six, six second videos. videos. And it's just as you touch the screen, let go. So you can do stop motion. Yeah. And then you can post it to Facebook, to Twitter. And then uh, what was the one we, we were playing with it when we were out to dinner last night? That uh, showed tweets in the area that people had just posted. Oh, uh, Banjo. B-A-N-G-O. J-O. J-O, yeah. And so check out Banjo. And that thing, uh, we just started poking around in that. But it it's shows creepy. how many people. <laughs> someone just tweeted 483 feet from here. We found out where Rob Biaggi had just tweeted from one and a half miles away 
for three hours before we ate there. We kind of were stalking Rabiaji. That was pretty cool. So there's a couple good apps. Pretty amazing stuff out there. And of course, Foursquare is another one that's all about location and checking in. And and uh, I love the Foursquare because every time I go to Chili's and check in, you get free chips and salsa. Every single time you go to Chili's, you get free that's chips great. and salsa. Another social network that's like, uh, I think it's number one or number two or something on iTunes right now, downloads, is Path. They just released I like update. Path. I don't use as much as I should. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I stopped using it and trying to use it again. And I, it's, I think it's a, the best mobile social network that I've found. It's it's, independent network? Yeah, yeah. It's All right, so that's good if you just want to have a small group of friends yeah. to interact with it, kind of separate from Facebook. Yeah. So that could be cool if you have a small group of... I use it as for a while as my social network. I could actually say what I wanted on, but now I have too many friends on it that I can't say what I want. So now I have to find a new social network to do that on. <laughs> so if you had a small group or you had a, a church group of leaders or something and you wanted to have a network that you could say, hey, this is not this is separate from Facebook. This is a yeah. place where we can just have our own little community. So And that one's called again? Path. Path. So just like it sounds... Well, let's wrap this up, and um, a couple of final thoughts. You know, diving into a social network, um, you need to determine a few things up front. You know, or if you're already a social networker, you, you may feel like you got to get this thing under control. That's what happened to me. I got into it. Next thing I knew, I was like, oh, man, I got a ton of Twitter accounts. I got Facebook. It's one reason I've not joined LinkedIn. I'm getting LinkedIn requests all the time, and they send you reminders like every 15 minutes. I finally... But there's a way online to block all LinkedIn notifications, and I, I, I Googled that and found it so that if you try to ask me to join LinkedIn, I, I won't even get the invitation because I don't need another network, and I, I like my jobs, and that's the main reason for LinkedIn is professional networking, and I don't, I don't need that. Someone will probably disagree with me on that, but I, I don't need another network. you know. But I think you need to define your purpose. You know, Why am I joining this? Why am I on Twitter? Why am I on Facebook? Yeah. Or to figure out some people, Facebook's enough. They don't need Twitter. They're on Twitter. Well, what do I use Twitter for? Because I got, I know pretty clearly what I use Twitter for and what I use Facebook for, and and when I do a post on both, why it's on both, you know. And then you got to set some boundaries, you know, where, when, and how you're going to engage them, and then set some limits and stick to them. Sometimes take a break, you know. There's sometimes where I just say, you know what, I'm not going to bother with it today. That's why I do Yosemite Summit. I take a complete week off of all media, all electronics, everything once a year. That's like my detox week. You know, and by the way, there's still two openings for Yosemite Summit. There's someone's given us a scholarship, so hey guys, um, $325 off, and I still got room for two more guys. So you know, there's times we just need to turn it off and realize whatever goes down that road is going to be perfectly fine. You know, um, but my um, my Twitter is at Kidologist. You know, what's yours? At Brandon Maddox. All right. D U X. All right. So uh, you can follow us there. I'm on Facebook.com/slash Carl Bastion, you're welcome to friend me. Send me a message too, that way I, I know to hit accept on that. You can tell us. I've got a PowerPoint of a lot of what we've talked about, a lot of it I skipped over, and you can get that at kidology.org slash Twitter me. Um, it's, it's a PowerPoint uh, that I went over at CPC for a couple years when um, the Children's Pastors Conference asked me to do a workshop on Facebook and Twitter. So I've been you know, kind of using that a little bit as our outline for this podcast. I've skipped a lot of it, and uh, so you can look that up, and you, you may find that helpful. Any, any final thing that you want to kind of share with folks about uh, the topic of social media? I just say, I, I mentioned it before, but probably the most useful thing I've done for to setting boundaries and stuff is, is writing up a philosophy of social media, and I actually... 
like I have a vision statement and a mission statement. Would you be willing to post that on the in the show notes? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, either email that to me. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, if you want to pick up some followers, uh, in the show notes at the bottom is a link to the forum discussion to this podcast. Why don't you go ahead and post in there, and uh, we'll follow you and um, post your username. Others will follow you. And uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully uh, helpful and encouraging to you, and you picked up some good insights, some good ideas, some good uh, app names. And uh, until we interact on social media, uh, this is Carl and Brandon, and we'll talk to you again sometime. Well, this may wrap up the podcast, but it only begins the conversation. Now it's time to visit Kidology.org, click on the Kidmen Talk logo in the upper left-hand corner of the website, and find the show notes page. It is loaded with links to many of the things mentioned on the show today, and at the bottom of the page is a link to the forum discussion. There you can ask questions about social media, some of you can help answer questions, and everyone can have a conversation about social media. And don't forget to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. And if you'd like to help shape future Kidman Talks, you can email me at carl at kidmantalk.com or send me a tweet at Kidman Talk. Until next time, this is Carl, eager to talk to you again about children's ministry.